Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. Mainframes have traditionally been viewed as secure hubs of data, but from a security perspective, the periphery is changing. I'm speaking today with Philip McLaughlin, who's a business unit executive with IBM's System Server Group. Thank you very much for joining us, Philip. Uh, Jeremy, thank you. Thanks for having us. So mainframes have long been considered a safe core for data, but the perimeter is now very different around them. How is that affecting mainframe security? So first of all, uh, I think it's worth kind of just considering the scale of the problem. And the, 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 the number that I see over and over again is that in the last six years, there's been 14 billion records breached and only 4% were encrypted. And, you know, there's been some very high in, uh, high kind of impact breaches, um, very well publicized, Equifax and Marriott, Capital One, Uber. Uh, the other statistic that I find kind of alarming is that 60% of enterprises report that they have experienced a breach. Um, now, some of these are malicious and some of them are accidental. It can be somebody storing data on a USB drive or a vendor unknowingly, you know, kind of sharing the login credentials. About a third of the billions of dollars that are spent on IT security are spent on uh, perimeter security. And yet, still 14 billion records are compromised. And intuitively, uh, this seems simple. Enterprises are becoming more connected with more mobile devices, with virtualization, we have containers, uh, we have cloud. Uh, All of this greater interconnectivity, um, it drives or enables uh, business advantage, um, but and restricting it, therefore, is not a viable approach. But on the, on the other hand, it increases the threat. So while network perimeter security is prudent, it's not, and it's necessary, um, it's certainly not sufficient. You need to focus on securing the data and not just the perimeter. And that plays to, I think, a strength of the mainframe and certainly something that has been a focus area on the mainframe throughout its history, but particularly in the last uh, two iterations, Z14. And, and you mentioned the cloud, too. So how is the cloud touching mainframes, and what are some of the security implications around that? So cloud is, is interesting. Um, uh, the two numbers that I have to remember when I think about cloud, because I have a kind of like my default thinking is, is everybody else's experience of the cloud. It's AWS, Azure. It's all the, the hyperscale cloud. Uh, it's dealing with my Apple devices. But only 20% of corporate workloads have been migrated to the cloud. So that's the first thing to think about. And the second thing is that yet, despite this, still 94% of clients have got multiple clouds. And that tells me that over the next decade or however long it takes, as the uh, the next 80% of workloads migrate across to it, we will have a heterogeneous world. We'll have a mix of on-premise and off-premise, private and public cloud. We'll have virtual machines and containers so we'll have an increase in the variety and an increase in the number of environments uh, that we have to manage, and there'll be multiple copies of data. So if currently we have 14 billion records breached and 4% only 4% encrypted, and, and if currently 60% of enterprises ex- have uh, experienced a breach, then uh, it seems to me that this situation will only become more severe as we move forward. The migration of workloads to hybrid multi-cloud world will only add to business risk unless we change our approach. And I think if the question is how do I avoid data breaches or how do I protect my customer or my citizens' data, uh, the answer is that it needs to be encrypted. 
is there a progress being made on that aspect and wider use of encryption for both at rest and in transit? So I, I, mean, I think it's worth considering why is only 4% of the data that's been compromised encrypted. And I, I think the reason is that uh, encrypting data um, is historically a kind of uh, an expensive thing to do. There's a performance impact um, and therefore there's a cost because you need more infrastructure to offset the the uh, performance overhead and to maintain response time. So, and also, um, you know, there's effort in the project cost of classifying data and modifying code. And it's often the same resources who might otherwise be employed on a project to deliver some sort of new function that the line of business wants. From IBM perspective, in 2017, uh, with the previous mainframe, Z14, we introduced something called pervasive encryption. And essentially what it did was it provided 100% protection for all of the data within the IBM Z system, regardless of whether it's at rest or in motion. And the protection came at you know practically zero cost because we devoted a bunch of transistors on the processor to accelerating encryption and enabling bulk encryption. With the current uh, just recently announced, so Z15, which we announced last week, we've introduced uh, something called a data privacy passport. And it's... Uh, the purpose of the data privacy passport is to extend pervasive encryption from on the platform to be encryption everywhere. Um, and the way that it does this is that it encrypts the data at the starting point and the data remains encrypted until it reaches the endpoint. If it's stored at any intermediate point or if it's stored at the endpoint, it's encrypted and it's managed through a centralized policy. It allows us, first of all, to show uh, different data to different users depending on their need to know. And you mentioned information classification. Do you find that many organizations are undertaking that exercise? So they, they, they clearly do this. This is part of how they approach this uh, challenge is to classify data so that they only need encrypt the data that is critical or sensitive. And they certainly have an abundance of regulatory requirements like GDPR and HIPAA and PCI and you know, various others that kind of instruct them on how to do this um, or certainly instruct responsibilities. And the penalties to failing these can be severe, uh, but um, as can the you know, kind of damage to reputation. But the motivation for classifying the data, I think, is, is to minimize the cost or the impact of encrypting it. Uh, the problem I see with it is that it is possible to misclassify data, um, and that renders the whole uh, process, you know, essentially a failed process. Uh, it seems to me a safer approach would be to remove this step or this process and just to encrypt everything. And what are some aspects you think that organizations such as financial services should keep in mind from a security perspective for their mainframes? I think by the nature of businesses, of their business, uh, banks and financial institutions are their high value targets. Again, you know, the impact of damage to their reputation, I think, is material. Financial breaches, financial penalties are, are, are material to them. And if we look at you know, again, 92 of the top 100 banks in the world run their core systems on the mainframe. 87% of all credit card transactions run through the mainframe. 29 billion ATM transactions uh, run on the mainframe each year. Uh, as banks and financial institutions uh, seek to innovate and gain some sort of competitive advantage, uh, some of the development will reside on the mainframe and some of the innovation and development will not. The one thing I'd observe is that it doesn't matter where the breach occurs if it's in the distributed systems, if it's in my cloud-based systems, if it's a third party, the consequences to that institution will be the same. A combination of pervasive encryption on the platform and uh, privacy data passports 
can protect the data regardless of where it is consumed. That's great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Philip. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, my pleasure. I've been speaking with Philip McLaughlin, a business unit executive with IBM Systems Server Group. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.